Welcome to Donor Conception Conversations. This is the one podcast created exclusively for people who are planning to use donor conception to have their children or who have already used donor conception to have their children. My name's Lisa Schumann, and I'm your host. I'm an author, I'm a speaker, I'm a therapist, and I'm passionate about donor conception. And I'm here to teach you the tools and the truths that you need to have a better journey to parenthood. So today's podcast is about how to understand psychological screening in a way that will help you. It is so important to understand psychological screening and make sure your donor has had the right type of psychological screening. So just to get started, I'm going to show you a couple of pictures. Now, I'm not showing you these pictures to worry you. That is not my plan. But if you haven't seen these pictures in the news before, it's important to know that there have been cases where people have had children with psychological problems and they trace it back to the donor. Now, most of the donors that I meet are wonderful, thoughtful, kind, stable people. But it is always possible to have a donor who is not all of those things. And we all like to think about our donors as being the most fantastic people, and they are. They're doing a wonderful thing, but they're human. And there are people out there who don't always do this for the right reason, who kind of slip through the cracks, and you want to make sure that that doesn't happen to you. And so in previous episodes, I've talked about it a little bit, and I thought it would be really helpful to have the solo episode to dive in a little deeper, to try to help you understand what happens behind the scenes, to kind of pull the curtain back a little bit and get a good sense of what happens in the psychological screening process and what you can ask for so you can empower yourself with the right ideas, okay? So the first thing is that you need to know that most donors, that by the time they get to you, they've been through a huge amount of screening. If your agency, if your clinic, if your program is worth their salt, they've done the right type of psychological screening and the right type of screening in general, medical and genetic as well. And it's really important to make sure that they are following guidelines. The American Society for Reproductive Medicine does have guidelines and they are there for a reason. They were established long before I came into this universe and They are established and created by people who are much smarter than I am, who put their heads together and have really thought very hard about what makes sense. And you really need to understand that so that you can appreciate how much has gone into this and how important it really is. So the first thing that happens is when a donor comes to a clinic, they fill out paperwork. And very often in this part of the process, the donors are not accepted, many of them. I would say very often in some clinics, you'd see 70 or 80% of the donors that are not accepted into this process. The coordinators or the navigators who go through the application process with the donor can take a look at their background, take a look at some of the answers that they're giving. And they can see right away that maybe they're not a good candidate for a number of reasons, which we're going to discuss. And so when they get through that process, 
very often they will either have the medical process next or the psychological process next. And it really depends upon where you're going. If you're using an agency, if you're using a clinic, if you're using a bank. So as far as the medical process goes, the donor needs to be able to get through the screening, the medical screening well, and also the genetic screening. We want to make sure they're not a carrier for difficulties. And unfortunately, there's no genetic screening for psychological problems at this point, but it is important to still have this genetic screening as we've discussed in other episodes because you can uncover so many things. Very often, people can be carriers for something and not even know it. So all of that is very important. Then the next step is that they need to have psychological screening. So the psychological screening should be performed by a mental health professional who is licensed and who has had training through the American Society for Reproductive Medicine and is seasoned. Now, you don't want a therapist who just pays their dues and says they're part of the American Society for Reproductive Medicine or someone who is very green, or somebody who doesn't really understand psychological screening well. You want someone who's very seasoned, who really knows how to catch difficulties. The first part will be the psychological interview. And that person who is seasoned is going to be able to look at that donor and get a really good understanding of who this person is. They want to look at things that perhaps the donor would not necessarily know they're looking for. For example, in our guidelines, there is one part that refers to substance abuse that says that if someone has two first-degree relatives with substance abuse problems, then that person should not be accepted as a donor. Now, that makes sense, right? Because first of all, lots of people have had issues where, let's say, their brother or their parent maybe went to a frat party and they drank too much and they got in the car and that was not a smart thing to do and maybe they came home and they got a DUI. But if there's another person who's a first-degree relative who has the same problems, now maybe you're talking about a greater issue. And also regarding genetics, the more people who have substance abuse problems in the family, the greater the risk. So that's just one example of something that we're looking for. There are many things that we're looking for. We want to get a good sense of who this donor is and who their family is. And lots of times I'm in situations where people will say, well, the donor's very nice. Why don't you accept this donor? She's lovely and she's smart. If there is substance abuse in the past of this donor, it can be a problem, right? It could be a problem if it's in her past. It could be a problem if it's in her family's past. And so no matter how much you like this person, You don't want these problems to be inherited. Same thing with other psychopathology. Whether your donor is known to you or not, it is really important that there is no coercion, that your donor is not feeling this sense that they need to donate for any reason. The American Society for Reproductive Medicine is very clear that there needs to be an altruistic reason, and there can be financial incentive as well, but there should be an altruistic reason. The donor should want to do this. Now, what's very important, whether you have a donor who's known to you or a donor who's not, is what is the future going to look like? And we used to only think about that with known donors because they're going to know each other forever. But 
Now we understand that there are all sorts of relationships that get created from these matches. There are sibling relationships. There are donor relationships with recipients. There's all kinds of relationships. And sometimes it surrounds getting medical information. Sometimes the recipients want medical information from their donor. Sometimes they want to have a relationship with them. Sometimes the children want to have a relationship with them. Sometimes the children want to have a relationship with the donor conceived siblings. And so we also now need to be much more thoughtful about making sure that these donors understand that what they're getting into is not a one-time event. This is a lifetime commitment for them. They will be doing something that will affect them for the rest of their lives. These people, offspring and the families, may be in contact for many reasons, and the donor should really be prepared. So a seasoned mental health professional can really help you assess that and make sure that your donors goals and ideas match up with yours. If you are interested in, let's say, medical information or contact, then you really want to make sure that your donor feels the same way. So those things really need to be covered. And that is kind of the new frontier for us in donor conception. It really wasn't part of the picture back in the day when donor conception was just about getting pregnant. We really understand the importance of developing these relationships and developing an opportunity for these relationships in the future. Then we also want to make sure that we can, as I described in this example, we can be secure in the idea that your donor will be able to undergo medical treatment successfully. There's medication to be taken. There's appointments that need to be made. There's all sorts of things that your donor needs to do to be able to withstand treatment, particularly for somebody who has ovaries and is going to undergo fertility treatment. It can be really difficult, as many of you know. So we want to make sure that they can make the appointments, that they're able to be reliable, that they're able to get through this treatment successfully. So those are a few of the things that we will cover in the psychological interview, and there's much more, but that just gives you a rough idea of some of the things that we're looking for. And in addition, we're looking for history, we're looking for the relatedness that that donor has and all sorts of things. But I think it's very important to know and to feel secure knowing that your donor is going to undergo this evaluation. Now, the second part is psychological testing. If you want to dive deeper into the details of the psychological testing, you can look at my podcast with a man named John Kurtz. John Kurtz is a wonderful human being. He's a lovely guy, and he was one of the co-creators for the test that is most widely accepted now, and that's called the Personality Assessment Inventory. Now, some banks and some agencies in the past have said, well, we're going to give the donor a psychological profile, or we're going to give them some other sort of test. And unfortunately, they really don't mean a lot. It's really important to make sure that either this test or a test called the MMPI are tests that you use. Because again, the American Society for Reproductive Medicine has enlisted the help of people to really think through these ideas. And these are the best tests that we have to assess for psychopathology, but also 
they have indicators for deception. There are overt and covert lying scales in these tests. So if the donor is trying to hide aspects of herself that she doesn't want us to see, or she's trying to be somebody she's not, you know, like on a job interview, she's trying to show herself off as being more than she is. We do get an indication of that on the test. And so it's very important to have that as well. She could be lying about her medical information or anything else. And we want to make sure that we get a good sense of this. Now, there's no bulletproof solution. There's no way to be 100% sure that there's not going to be any issues with your donor. But going through these two steps is really essential because, again, we don't want these problems to arise. We're going to have all of the other issues that we're going to deal with through the geneticist and through the medical examiner and through the initial uh, screening. But going through that psychological screening piece is really important, and it's really important with someone who's qualified. Now, I'm just going to touch on one thing, and again, I'm just going to touch on it. This can be a podcast by itself, but as I mentioned earlier, it is possible to use a donor that you know, and lots of people are doing this. Lots of people are creating co-parenting arrangements or known donor arrangements where they know the donor and they have a relationship with the donor. Now, these relationships can be beautiful and work out really, really well, but we need to remember that you know, even in a situation where two people meet each other and they fall in love and they get married, over 60% of the marriages in this country end in divorce. It is very possible that you and your known donor may have some sort of rift in the future. And we do have lots of, unfortunately, a lot of cases in the courts where there are custody agreements and all sorts of problems because of these known donor relationships. So you may feel like, oh, this person is my best friend and it's going to work out fine. I'm not worried about it. It is really important to take the steps necessary to make sure that all of you have thought about things that perhaps you haven't thought about before. And you really need a qualified mental health professional to help walk you through the implications of your decision. There's so many things to think about. And a lot of these things have to do with the future child. Very often people want to have this baby, but they don't think about what's going to happen in the future. How are these people going to handle, handle the relationship financially, emotionally, in terms of time? Who is a child going to spend Thanksgiving with? Who's going to come to their softball games? Who's going to be in charge of them if one person gets remarried or has a relationship and wants to leave the country? There's so many things to look into. And also, sometimes, and we talked about coercion earlier, sometimes people feel like they should do it and they don't really want to. So going through the process of having the psychological screening, even if you know this person, is really helpful to tease all these things out because you don't want to have to unwind problems later. It can be really difficult to unwind those problems. You want to make sure that you look at all of these things ahead of time. Now, if you want some more information and some more case stories about this and about other issues, I suggest that you take a look at my new book. This is available on Amazon and all the local re retailers, and it's a book all about donor conception. 
I share so many things that I've shared with you today in this podcast, but also more. So if you want to take a look at the book, it would be great. And if you'd like to write a review on Amazon or anywhere else, I'd really appreciate that. You know, uh, authors always appreciate nice reviews. But what I really want is for you to take this information and the information that I share in my book to heart, because this is a very big decision that you're making. You can't really unwind it later. It is a huge decision and a lifetime decision. So lots of times people don't want to bother with the psychological screening, but it is so, so important. So really think about what you want in your future. And I think most of you would say that you'd like a happy, healthy, psychologically stable child. And so to try to do your best to make sure that happens really take the psychological screening seriously. You may really want to choose somebody who looks like your cousin or somebody who has the same musical interests as you. All those things are fine. And I will outline a five-step process on another video. And it's also in my book, if you'd like to take a look on how to really think of these issues in a sequential manner. But for today, really think about making sure that wherever you find your donor, whether it's online, whether it's a friend, whether you're finding a donor through your clinic or through a sperm or egg bank, that you really think about the psychological screening and make sure that you have a good mental health professional and that this happens in the way that it's supposed to happen. It will protect you and protect your future family. A lot of people have really been pushing for legislation to do background checks on donors, and I completely understand the need for that. But let's think about that. Is it really realistic for your clinic or your bank to scour the United States and maybe outside of the United States to make sure that they have uncovered every doctor visit, every psychological meeting in college, every psychological meeting that this person went to in high school because their parents got divorced, every time that they've had medication prescribed to them, every time they've gone to a therapist and maybe have paid out of pocket and there's no record of it. It's just almost an impossible task to get all that information. Second, it's important to know that no one has a record unless they're convicted. So there are a lot of people who are out there who are criminals, but they haven't been convicted of a crime. And so because of that, there's no record. So even if that person has committed some crimes that you don't know about, it's not going to be apparent to you. There's no way you're going to find out. So I appreciate everyone's efforts in trying to enact legislation that will allow clinics or banks to try to investigate backgrounds. I think the most important thing that you can do is to do the psychological screening. You will get much more information and get a much better idea of who this person is. I also think it's important to look at the genetics and medical history, as I mentioned earlier, and do all of those things before you decide if this person is handsome or this person is funny or this person has a nice narrative. You may really like those things, but this is what's really essential. So I hope you can take this to heart. And I hope what I've said 
has been helpful and gets your wheels turning a little bit to think about some of these really important issues. So thank you for listening today. I know you can be anywhere else, but you decided to tune into this podcast. My goal is to make your journey easier and better and try to help you solve problems and prevent problems from coming into your life in the future. And I really hope that today's podcast has helped in that way. And if you want to reach out to me, feel free to reach out to me. All my information is on my website, www.familybuilding.net. And I have lots of resources there as well. So until next time, I hope that you have a wonderful day. And I hope that you really think about the things we've talked about today. You do have more control than you think. 